Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. It sounds amazing to travel as your job, doesn't it? You're always in a new location, you're meeting new people, you're eating amazing food and drinks from around the world. I can't think of anything I would rather do, but but let's be real. Let's let's pause for a minute. Traveling is like no joke these days. There's long lines, there's plane delays, time changes. That's just to name a few things off the laundry list of reasons why traveling can be a pain in the butt. But what does it take to turn your love of traveling into an actual career? And not just a career, to make money, make a living doing so. If you have ever wanted to crack the code and find out all the ways you can make money traveling the world, this is your podcast episode. I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking Get Paid to Travel the World with Sabrin Elms. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain.
This episode of Millennial Money is brought to you by Lincoln. Stay tuned to hear more about the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC. You're not going to want to miss this. Now on to the podcast episode. This episode today was inspired by a question from Rob. And Rob wrote in and he said, hey, Sean, I've been a listener for a while and have to admit, I find myself jealous of all your traveling. Like most people, I want to find a job that I love and I've been traveling and taking pictures of places for years. So many people have told me that I have a knack for what I do, that I take great pictures and I share great stories and have told me that I should start a blog and make a career out of it. But who am I kidding? Do people actually do this and make money? Not just pocket change, but a real paycheck that you can live off. I love an episode about getting paid to travel the world and any tips that you could provide. I'm desperately, desperately seeking some sort of advice that is beyond just the status quo and actually want to know if I should take a chance and make this leap. Thanks so much. I look forward to the episode. Great question, Rob. Don't we all want to have a career that we love? I mean, Certainly I do. That's why I do this crazy thing called podcasting and all of the other crazy things that I do that make people look at me and go, "Mm, that's interesting take on financial planning. But it is. It's my take on financial planning. So, you know, if you have a knack, if there's something that you love, something that you want to try, why not try it? Why not try it while you have your job now? There are lots of ways that you could start a blog and start a travel writing career right now with the job and the paycheck you have so that you have a foundation and that you can also prove whether this idea is going to work, whether people are going to tune into your blog. You know, I think a lot of times when we when we think about travel writing, we think we have to go to these far off exotic places, but often wherever you live or the region around where you live, they can provide a basis for stories and opportunities for you to write and to begin launching your blog and begin launching to a career right where you are right now. You don't have to go very far. You don't have to get on a plane, even though I know that sounds super glamorous and super fun to do. So I, I went straight to Sprint Elms. She's a fellow Go Banking Rate Smart Money Squad writer an awesome millennial herself who launched her blog, The Clumsy Traveler, a few years ago. And she figured out all the ways that you can make money. She did just what you're trying to do, Rob. She made this into a career. And she's sharing all of these ideas on the episode. And yes, Rob, she does make more than pocket change. Yes, absolutely, it is possible. And Sabrina is talking about on this episode what I like to call a bucket approach. And I talk about this a lot in terms of money, but I think you can also transfer this bucket approach to something like starting a blog and travel writing. There's got to be lots of buckets. So you can translate it into projects and opportunities in different ways that she makes money. She doesn't just write a post, put it up on Instagram or put it up on her blog and suddenly make a whole amount of money that she needs for the month. There's lots of different pieces that she puts together in order to make that entire paycheck. And I think when you start thinking about that, about your money and about your career and about all the things that you are doing in life, it seems to make more sense because it's not putting the pressure on just one thing. You know, if if, if I just put my money in my 401k or just put money in my IRA, that I'm going to be totally set for retirement and down the road. No. I mean, even if you're funding your 401k all the way, you're fully funding it each year. No, you've got to have other buckets of wealth because what happens if 
the market crashes when you go to retire. Well, okay, then what are you going to do then? Are you going to keep working? What if you've already left your job? That's just one example. And of course, I'm just relating it to money, but you get the idea, right? Having lots of different buckets. So Sabrin's really good at this. And she has turned all of these different projects, opportunities, avenues to make money into a legitimate, well-paying career. But it can be done, Rob. It absolutely can be done. And anybody else who's listening, who is interested in this, who loves traveling as much as I do. And, you know, in fact, I I can remember this conversation like many, many years ago. Somebody asked me what I would really do if money wasn't an issue. And I said, if there was a way I could make money traveling, sign me up. I would do that in a heartbeat. And so the irony, of course, is that I get to do a lot of traveling and make money while I'm traveling. So, you know, hopefully, thankfully, I should say somebody was actually listening to that conversation. But Sabrin is going to demystify on this episode for you what it takes to make a paycheck, to make this whole thing work, to actually go out there, travel the world and earn a paycheck. All right. So I am so excited to do this podcast interview because... A, one, we're sitting in my living room, which is always a cool way to do a podcast interview. But two, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about, obviously, you know, travel destinations and different ways to make money. But when I read your article on Go Banking Rates, I thought this would be a cool podcast episode. We don't talk about this a lot, about, okay, how do you actually make money traveling? But before we get into like all those amazing (laughs) details... Tell me a little bit about, you know, how did you get the travel bug and, you know, your background? Like, how did you get into actual travel writing? Totally. Um, And so, yeah, my name is Sabrin Elms. I run the Clumsy Traveler blog, and that's my moniker on Instagram. I kind of came up with that name mostly because I always tend to find myself in weird situations, usually by my own fault. (laughs) Um, But I really, uh, I fell in love with travel like pretty much every young millennial girl does when they go to college. They study abroad for either a semester semester or a year, which is exactly what I did. I went to Uppsala, Sweden. And after that, I knew that I wanted travel to somehow be incorporated into my life. I would say that I really started blogging, though, after my honeymoon. It was a three-month-long honeymoon. We went to Norway, Germany, um, where else? Morocco, Indonesia, and Australia. And I was writing about it, wasn't really taking it too seriously. And it wasn't until I got back that I was like, you know what? Like, this should be my job. I, I think I like this. I see other people do it. I don't know why I can't do it. I love it enough and I just don't want to quit. And that was actually back, we came back in um, late 2015, early 2016. And I'd say I, I didn't really get into like the money-making part of blogging until about a year later. So it was a whole year of working really hard, making no money or just trading. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. So let's, let's reverse for a second. Yeah. Sorry. That was a lot. No, no. I think like, you know, people hear three month honeymoon and their ears like perk up. Cause that sounds like amazing. I think that's like a dream for everybody. Like how did you even put that together so that you could take three months and just dedicate to, to travel? Right. Well, and it was definitely difficult. It was, uh, when we had been engaged for two years and in the beginning of our engagement, I was like, you know what, let's take the most epic trip that we possibly can. And, 
I don't know where we're going to go. Let's just make it happen. So we worked really hard. We each had two jobs. He had a day job and then worked as a server. I also worked as a server and was a writer in the day. And we didn't really have that much fun. I mean, it was a little it was a little hard. We didn't get to go out with our friends as much. We didn't buy uh, coffees and we didn't go out to eat. We made a lot of food at home. But ultimately, we saved for our dream wedding, which was in Malibu, and were able to do our honeymoon as well. But we did do a lot of um, travel hacking. So we did like the sure. points, the point system where we were using credit cards, we were doing dining miles or di- dining points, whatever those are called. And um, so yeah, so we managed to kind of hack our way through and save a lot of money. And that's ultimately kind of how that's another reason how it started that I started talking more about budgeting when it comes to travel, because that took a lot of budgeting <laughs> and a lot of self-discipline. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. And you know, have you always like I, I tell people this story all the time that a I think like I came out of the womb as an entrepreneur, so I've like always <laughs> I, you know have a new idea. But two, I just have always had this love for travel. I mean, there's parts of it that I hate, like the whole airport experience, especially yes. in LA. I just I do not like that part. But you know, the actual like exploring and meeting new people and seeing how people live and the cultural aspect of going to new places, like all of that for me is really interesting. And I I think maybe like the older I've got, the more interesting it's become. Mm -hmm. But, you know, have you been a person who's always just loved traveling or is this something that's like evolved for you? Well, I went on my first real international trip to Australia when I was 17. And I was just a young punk teenager who totally took that trip for granted. I went there um, for my choir. We performed at the Sydney Opera House and we did a whole tour up the coast, which was awesome. And I loved it when I was there, but I think I was more interested in hanging out with my friends and talking to boys and, you know, <laughs> stupid teenager girl things. So I, it wasn't until I studied abroad. I think what it did for me was, I mean, I was definitely interested in the culture, but what it really did was I had to be by myself. Um, luckily, they speak English there, but there were moments where I kind of had to fend for myself in a place that they it wasn't the primary language. was, um, And I had to just kind of figure it all out on my own. And having I ended up going to college only maybe 15, 30 minutes away from my hometown. So I'd never had that type of independence before. And going out into the world, seeing that everyone is actually a lot more kind than, say, the news will tell you, and having to learn all this all on your own, that independence, I feel that independence every time I take a trip. It's like a rush, and I just can't get enough of it. And then when you add the elements of culture, getting to know people, it unites you in that everybody is actually kind of the same. I mean, there's a ton of different things that make us unique and special uh, cultural-wise and on an individual level. But ultimately, you just want to reach out and make connection. And that's, I think, why everyone loves to travel. Yeah, I love it. That's yeah. all, that's like a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I hope you would say. But what I'd love to know is, okay, this idea of like, you can actually make money writing about travel, going to these places, having these experiences you know, how did you begin to like make that transformation or that like quantum leap between just writing about this stuff and then actually like legitimately making money? That one is pretty hard, mostly because it's such a wild west industry. I think you can even probably say that for podcasting, you know, blogging, influencing, all that kind of stuff is pretty new. And it's, I was honestly figuring it out as I went along. I really just used a lot of my um, people that I saw that I admired. I know the Blonde Abroad, Nomadic Matt. Mm. Um, those people uh, were kind of maybe the first bloggers that I found out about and knew. And I just would try to not imitate them as far as stylistically when it comes to writing per se, but maybe just try to mirror myself. And then 
I'm still really far off from those people, by the way. I'm definitely not in that genre. But those are great people to have as like mentors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so once I kind of would see the projects they do, how they take pictures, why, the the way in which they would do advertisement, I would then research how I could also be doing those things. So it really kind of started on trade. And I think that's anybody who's starting a blog or an Instagram or something like that, it always is going to start with trade first because you don't really have any leverage. You don't have any followers. You don't really... Unless you were already famous when you started, which is maybe like the 0.001% of you starting a blog, um, you have to kind of just be giving your work for nothing, which is fine. So I started a lot with um, Southern California trips, maybe going to the Grand Canyon or something, and I would offer to write some blog posts in exchange for me staying there and taking some pictures. And after I would get some followers or I would increase my readership, a lot of people started to see value in that. And then eventually I would get paid here and there. And um, once I would start to see what my worth was, Uh, I could kind of tell based on the types of offers that I was getting. I could tell there's this interesting website called Social Blue Book. It helps you measure your worth based on your followers, based on how much engagement you have. And those kind of dollars and cents, things that you don't really know how to figure out, it helps you estimate how much you should be asking for. And once I started getting more offers, then I kind of wouldn't really take a trade offer unless I really, really liked the product or I believed in the brand or something like that. And then eventually that's kind of, I would say, how it started to become a little bit more regular. I will say though, Instagram itself is incredibly inconsistent. <laughs> I would probably say that I make most of my money through freelance writing as well as my my actual website and affiliate links. When it comes to Instagram, I think a lot of people think like, oh, she, I just saw an ad that she did on Instagram like she must be rolling in it. Like not even <laughs> like that. That could be the case. Like some months I'm super flush and some months if it were just on my Instagram, I would not make rent. <laughs> but that's why I have my hand in multiple projects so that I would never get to that point. Yeah. And I think that's cool about, you know, what you wrote in the article, which was that, you know, and I'd love you to talk about this more, but you talked about like, you know, I guess I should reverse like on this podcast. I'm always talking about like people need to build like buckets of money, like buckets of wealth, whether that's in your career or that's in your finances or that's just in like the connections you make. Because if one area is not working for you, you know, you can dip into lots of others, hopefully, in order to, you know, make as much money as you need to each mm-hmm. month or, you know, call on connections to help you get in somewhere, whatever it may be for your life. But I love that you talked about in that article, like, that you don't just make money one place. And I think that's what we think of when we think of like blogger or Instagram influencer, whatever that means, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, there's just this one place you make money, but you talked about like, it's a whole sort of like bevy of stuff that you do every month. And it may be different every month, but there's a lot of different places that you, you know, kind of dial into in order to make money. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, like, how do you how do you basically get like the whole paycheck every month? Sure. And again, so that it's it's also still inconsistent because a lot of these jobs are based on a like 1099 contract. So I don't necessarily get a guarantee work every single month, which is again why I have multiple things that I'm working with, but Um, Okay, so let's talk about the blog, for example. The blog, you can make money through a variety of ways. You can have a sponsored post where someone, if they want to talk about, um, if they want to have their product out there or their brand out there, maybe they just want brand awareness, maybe they want um, a return on investment and direct sales, they'll pay a certain amount based on those um, 
what they want. And that would be a sponsored post. I would take like a lump sum to talk about something. And then there's also affiliate links, which I think a lot of people have heard that term and don't exactly know what it is. But I would maybe suggest a product. For example, I have a post where I had climbed Rainbow Mountain, which is a really, really high mountain in the Andes in Peru. And it's really easy to get altitude sickness. So I gave a list of all these different things that I took and that I recommended. Now, I revert that to Amazon so that I would get a commission based on people who buy it. And I would include a um, like a little thing at the bottom saying, hey, like every time you click on this, I make a little money. Hope it's okay with you guys, but I need to make a living. <laughs> but ultimately, I think it's really helpful because what it does, it does is it provides them with the information. They get the exact product that I used. And, you know, it's I think it's pretty honest and straightforward. So those are just oh, and then of course there's um passive income. So if you were to write an ebook, if you were to write a guide, I know some people make like Instagram guides, like how to get this many followers. There's Lightroom guides, how to make this look like this on Instagram. And those are kind of ebooks, e-guides. You go to your website and after you've made a book, you've maybe wrote it one time and people will just continue to buy it. You don't really have to put much into it. So those are just the ways on just the website. And then there's also the freelance writing. And that starts for me at least by I had to write a bunch of free stuff for people. <laughs> I had to write a bunch of stuff for people for free. And eventually, once I started getting a higher readership, my portfolio was a little bit bigger as far as my writing content. Then I can charge a little bit more for writing for different places. And as of right now, I'm writing for Go Banking Rates. I'm writing for uh, Travel Fashion Girl. Um, I've written for The Telegraph. Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. There's there's <laughs> some of places. There are some places in there. But again, uh, like a couple of them, uh, like I'd say like the first 20 I had to write for free. And it was just so that I can get my name out there and I didn't expect anything in return. And then again, once I've built this portfolio of work, now I can charge for it. What were some of the other things in that article that I said? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just talked about, you know, the basic concept was that, you know, I think everybody thinks the glamorous side of travel writing that, mm -hmm. you know, you get to go to all these places, but there actually is like a work component to it, you know, yes. and and that's definitely, you know, what we talk about when we feature different cities on this podcast too is, yeah, we're going to see and we're meeting people and we may be eating and it may look like super amazing. And I'm not going to downplay it. Like it is, right. it is pretty good, pretty good gig, especially if you're getting paid for it. But there is like a work side to it too, you right. know? The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all in one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com 
slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing a vehicle that listens and responds to you, the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC. With Amazon Alexa enabled with Sync3 AppLink, you have access to all the skills and services that you already enjoy on your Echo. Alexa is activated by the sound of your voice and responds using your car speakers. Learn more at Lincoln.com slash Wondery. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and AppLink software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible and don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc. registered in the U.S. and other countries. Let's say you go to a destination, you know, what is like your average day look like and what is like the workload like in order to turn that into a paycheck? Okay. So actually I'll use my recent trip to Cuba because that was both the most hardworking trip. Yeah, it was fun. It was the most hardworking trip I think I've ever done, but it was also probably one of the best work trips I've ever taken. So you can see how you know, just because I'm working, it doesn't put a damper on the travel. But uh, it was a four day trip, two of which consisted of all day of flying from the West Coast to the East Coast, and then another flight to Cuba. (laughs) So of those four days, two of them were only travel, the other two were just being there. Um, I was there on behalf of a tour company, and we were taking digital content, written content, doing all kinds of things for her company. And basically, we would wake up around I'm going to say six or seven in the morning to catch sunrise pictures. Um, Also, as part of the visa requirements, you have to help the Cuban people or support the Cuban people. So we had to take classes and meet with them and talk with them. But the entire day, I don't, maybe I'm going to say lunch was probably the only time we took a break. We were taking videos, reshooting those videos, taking photo or doing photos posing everywhere, doing it multiple times, doing outfit changes, going to all these different locations and meeting with people, interviewing people, talking to them all day. Really, the only break we got was when we got home at the end of the day. So it was nonstop. And it's and it's another thing, too, is you're not really getting to do the travel that everyone thinks. You're not going to a museum and looking at that art. You're not going to a salsa class and just having fun dancing. You are using your creative eye to either take a picture or you are trying to interview people to write a good story. You're not really just sitting back and enjoying. You are actively trying to create an angle so that people will see the real side of it from their home or from you know their desktop, wherever they're reading or watching. So the whole day is probably really busy. But again, I would never complain. I had the best time interviewing those people. I had the best time taking um, a cooking class that we did. So it's work is work is work is work. It's if you're going anywhere for work, whether it's Paris or New York, or even just sitting at home, you're working 
and nobody wants to be working. But if you're going to be working, at least it's nice to be doing it in Cuba. Like, (laughs) that's not so bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What are like, what are your requirements then? I would imagine it changes every place you go. But, you know, so you get home from that trip, then, you know, what does your workload look like after that? Is it different every single time, depending on, you know, like what you're hired to do? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty different. So on this particular trip, I still have some things I need to finish, but uh, I, so we have, I was in charge of doing more of the video and the written content. So uh, I would have to put either a video together, um, depending on the requirements of how many blog posts. In this case, I don't really need to write that many, but I was so inspired. I think I'm going to write a lot more. And then of course you have uh, other work things to do when you get back, whether that's posting on your Instagram, old pictures you needed to, or other requirements, other meetings. So the work itself probably doesn't take that long, but to incorporate that back into your regular routine, it'll probably take a good couple of weeks to then edit the photos, put it in your Instagram, comment, engage, create the videos, write the content, do the artwork for it, all kinds of the SEO, all of it. It just, it does take, I'd say about two weeks if it's like a really intense workload. But there are some trips where your presence and being there is the job. And one of which was um, I was in Cambodia and I was teaching um, like a blogger course. So I had to prepare a little bit beforehand so that they I had like a course to teach. But once I was back home, I didn't have any requirements. So it is different. Each time is going to be a little bit different. That's super cool. I like that a lot. So you're an entrepreneur like myself, you know, we, I like to call it like the 1099 gang. You know? <laughs> and anybody who is 1099, whether you have like a side hustle or you're doing that for your career, you know, it has all these like plus sides because we have sort of unlimited vacation time mm-hmm. if you think about it. But then, you know, I'm always working. Uh, I'm never, I think, not working, which is probably not a good thing. Right. Either. Girl, uh, I know that life. <laughs> so, you know, I'd love just like from your experience you know, how easy or tough is it, you know, when you're a 1099er and you're trying to like, you know, make everything like month to month work and, you know, you've got obviously bills you got to pay and stuff you want to do. Like, how do you mentally manage that? Because I think for a lot of people, it sounds great, but it can be a little bit overwhelming. Is that like something in your personality where you're just maybe you're really good at that? Or has that been a little bit of a struggle? I would definitely say it's been a struggle. I think because I have a fairly bubbly personality, a lot of people assume that my communicating and my extrovertedness is just a part of my job, but I am actually incredibly introverted. I love to have my downtime. I need I need my husband to leave me alone. <laughs> I need to go away. <laughs> um, so it's it has been a struggle because sometimes, you know, part of the job is, for example, sitting at home and engaging on Instagram and that is work too. You need to put it away, even though it just seems like it's not that big of a deal. So I I struggle with it. I what I try to do is I try to have a good couple of hours in the morning and at least two hours at night where I am completely detached from all things travel. Because that, anything travel, even if I'm reading somebody else's blog post, in my mind, I'm researching. I'm not reading it for enjoyment. I'm, I'm trying to think, oh, how can I incorporate that into my work life? So I try to turn off everything travel related. Maybe I'll watch you know, a show on Bravo because I love my Real Housewives or I'll like- Guilty pleasure. Yes. Or I'll like play with my cats and just do that for like an hour and a half. But I I would say that it's a really hard balancing act and it takes a lot of practice. And 
honestly, I don't think you really know that you're failing at it until you have a crash one day. You have a blogger burnout is what they call it, or you just have a period of time where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do it anymore. And it's only then that you realize, okay, I need to balance this a little bit better because social media is just, I feel like it's so entrenched in our world. It's hard to know that you're working or not working or doing it for fun or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it sort of like takes over your brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. And even when you're just looking at things for fun, you start like looking at it in a weird, creepy social media, like, oh, I wonder if I ever posted like that, how many likes that would get. Like, you would never think that in a normal average everyday life. And suddenly it's just like stuck like that. So it's I'm still working on it. I'm a work in progress. We all are. We all are. (laughs) But I I try my best to have either a social life or literally just unplug from everybody. So if I have not texted you back, I'm sorry. This is the (laughs) official apology. (laughs) It's my downtime. (laughs) So I'd love to know, you know, you talked about Cuba, but, you know, what are some of the other favorite places you've been to? Like if somebody's got some travel dollars, you know, and they're trying to figure out like where they should go, what would be like your top maybe like two or three places that you would say? Well, so I always Cuba is my new favorite, but let's put that aside because I just am. I just came back, so I'm so excited about it. But I would probably say Australia is one of my favorites. Um, I think the people there are so funny and kind and warm and welcoming. I absolutely love Croatia. I went before the Game of Thrones days, so I actually think it might be a little more crowded than when I last went, but I still think it's worth visiting the people there are absolutely lovely. And it's just an interesting view of the Mediterranean. And then finally, definitely Sweden, just because I stayed there. I think that place is incredibly underrated. Everyone sees how expensive it is and it freaks them out. But I've never met a group of people, first of all, that love Americans so much. Yes. (laughs) And secondly, that just treat you with such respect as a tourist, no matter where you come from. They're very excited to show you their culture. And because it's so far north, you just assume, oh, cold, everything's snowing, cold people. But it's the exact opposite. I can't say enough nice things. Yeah, we went to Stockholm a couple of years ago. We did an episode on the podcast about Stockholm. And I had never been. Jeff had been many times. And I I just didn't want to leave and then we did – I did my ancestry DNA and it came back and I didn't know this that I'm like a large percentage like Scandinavian. And I went, wow, that must be why. <laughs> but, you know, they have this thing in in, in, uh, in Sweden called fika, which yes. I'm sure you had. They told and us in university we had to learn I am that. a huge dessert first fan. So I was really happy to go to a country where, you know, they took time out of every day to like eat a sweet treat and relax. I thought like, imagine how more well-balanced we would be in the U.S. <laughs> if we actually – tried something like that. So, but I totally agree. I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful place and the people were really nice and yeah, it's expensive, but you know, of course there's ways to do it where, you know, you're not spending as much. So definitely like maybe some Airbnbs or just checking in with like local sales or things that are going on. Yeah. There's always where there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I have to ask, so, you know, you're doing all these amazing things, you know, where do you think, the future goes in your career? Like being a travel writer, being a travel blogger, like what does the future look like? Like, What do you think or what what are you trying to like evolve into? 
Well, I love writing. And part of the reason I picked blogging as a career, I guess, was because I always wanted to write books. And that was something I thought that I wanted to do, which I still do. But I've noticed in blogging that there's a real empty space in philanthropy. I think that a lot of bloggers and a lot of influencers get a a hard time for being narcissistic and thinking about themselves and taking pictures of themselves. And I've noticed that if there were a way to incorporate, um, you know, branding oneself with being able to help the world, um, I think that's overall my mission in this. And so I'm thinking um, maybe some writing, maybe some entertainment type of stuff. I've got some things in the works. But You've got something up your yeah, sleeve. They're <laughs> brewing, but they haven't been put on paper yet, so i got to figure it out. But ultimately, what I would like to do is kind of, as we talked about, you know, connection and traveling is what it's all about. And if we can do something positive with this Instagram, Facebook world we've created, then I just think that would be the most beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because it feels – sometimes the complete opposite, you know, in social media, that it, that it really has become like, okay, how many likes do you have? You know, how many followers do you have? And it feels, it's starting to feel even more, you know, artificial and, and, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've run this podcast for about three years and, you know, I get my fair share of like social media comments that are negative, Yeah, you know, and it's really, I think, It's very interesting to me because like I as a human being would never think of writing to somebody, especially like somebody I didn't follow or I didn't listen to and say something negative to them. And yet like that's really the culture we've created, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just I'm curious, like, how do you think we we change that? Like, is there a way to, to change that or? I mean, this is just something, this is going to sound so cheesy, you kill them with kindness. I mean, these people, like trolls, oh my gosh, I had the worst troll like eight months ago just harassing me on a somewhat daily basis in my emails, on my comments. Um, I thought they were literally going to hack my computer. They were so relentless. Um, But the only thing you can do is either say nothing or just respond with nothing but love because those people literally feed on anguish and sadness and pain. And I feel like, and that's where they're coming from too. They're upset about something. And so I know that this is, that's like the most cheesy answer and that's what everyone always says. But ultimately there's really nothing else you can do. You, you have so much energy and you can't really put those, you know, you can't give your time and space and love to those people that can't be helped. And the only way that you can is to just be your authentically wonderful, sweet self. And I'm hoping that would that'll do some good in the world, or at least on social media anyway. I mean, that's right. all you can do, right? Yeah, I think maybe if everybody does their part in a little bit, like hopefully at least it's not going to remedy the situation, but hopefully we can get like more, pe- more people pulling in the right direction right. versus, you know, the opposite direction. So maybe there needs to be like, oh, a holiday, like, but geared specifically towards social media, like Instagram, nice compliment day. <laughs> You know, there's everything else. There's like yesterday was cheeseburger day. So, you know, that can exist. Hug a hug a friend day. So I think, you know, like, why not? Yes, we'll start it. Yes. So. All right. Just to just to wrap up the episode, I'd love to do like just a quick like sort of fire round of questions with you if you're ready. Okay. Um, These will be tame. Don't worry. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I'd love to know uh, what your favorite dessert is. This is of utmost importance to me. So I, it's not like an actual dessert as much as it is. Oh, here it's a 
would probably be Nutella. Like oh, it's yes. not really a dessert, but I will eat it out of the jar. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm right there with you. Okay. So, um, if you had to say in like a short sentence, you don't have to go in great detail, but what do you think is your biggest money mistake you've ever made? Ooh, um, putting too many things on credit cards when I didn't understand how credit cards worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good sentence. I think we probably could all say like, we've done that. We've been there. Yep. I definitely thought it was like an extension of your debit. <laughs> I, I was really young and I didn't know any better. And I would say that some of those habits definitely fell in the wedding realm as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that I think you're not alone. That, yep. I will say that for sure. Um, okay. What is the best thing that you've learned about yourself traveling? Wow. That's a good one. Um, you know, I would say it's not like what I learned, but it's an appreciation I've learned for myself. I think that I, before I traveled, I don't think that I had, um, great self-esteem or a self-awareness. And after traveling by myself and realizing what I was capable of being able to maneuver and do certain things on my own, I have a new sense of confidence and a certain love for myself that I definitely did not have in my teens or in my early 20s. And it's a very comfortable feeling. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, uh, last one. So this always catches people a little off guard, but what was the very last song that you listened to? Ooh, okay, wait. I need to think about it because I was just listening to it in the car on the way here. Um, I was listening to Remix to Ignition. <laughs> Because I love playing my throwback, like 95 to 2007 playlist. So that I'm pretty sure was the last thing I listened to. I love it. Very cool. (laughs) Okay. So tell the listeners, you know, where can they find you? Where can they read? um, You know, how do they connect with you on Instagram? Definitely. So uh, everything that I write for the most part is on uh, www.theclumsytraveler.com. And that is the same as my handle, The Clumsy Traveler. And um, I'm also writing for Go Banking Rates and, like I said, Travel Fashion Girl, so you can kind of find me a little bit all over the place. (laughs) Big thanks again to Lincoln for sponsoring this episode of Millennial Money Podcast. Want to learn more about the awesome, well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC? I bet you do. Head on over to lincoln.com slash Wondery and join us back here next Tuesday for a fresh episode of Millennial Money Podcast.